We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an Android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, the Lakers have survived this little holiday season here with LeBron going absolutely apeshit. Excuse my cursing in the early degree, but uh, he has been amazing. Um, how are you, Tim? Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you, Tom. I'm back in Texas. I uh, was just sharing with you. I'm, I'm a little pissed off because I got this nice uh, like home papa shot thing with two hoops. And when you score, it like tracks the score with the scoreboard. And uh, the the company forgot to put any screws in it. So I need to like, go run a Home Depot after this so I can, so I can put that together so my fiance can beat me because she's, she's really good at papa shot. Tim, sorry to hear that you did not get screwed um, this new year. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. I'm not going to... <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to lay you up there, and I threw a bad Dennis Shooter lob that I was trying to make you do a crazy uh, you know, LeBron reverse alley-oop. I'm not going to say something stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's fair. Well, we're already off the rails. This is fantastic. Um, welcome in. The Lakers are now 17-21, and 21, Tim. They're going for their fourth in a row tonight, I believe. And this is uh, being recorded just before the Hawks game. Um, so, yeah, they beat a, you know, a relatively healthy Miami team, which if you've watched a little bit of them or seen a little bit of their season, they're kind of going through it as well. Um struggles and kind of putting pieces together finding the chemistry but the lakers won without lebron ad um it's it was a good win and thomas bryant's been playing really well dennis schroeder had the game of you know his last like since the the euro basket he hasn't had a game that that good like you know so that was great to see, um, but I do kind of feel like some of that was on Miami's just like terrible defense. What did you think about that game? Yeah, that was it. Was a, a kind of veer away from what the team had been doing. Uh, 
Miami could not contain well. Uh, the Lakers ran like before that game, they had been ramping up and running more sets and better sets and executing really well. And like, I think it was like 10 out of 11 games. They had this really high efficiency on set plays where the first 11 or 15 games of the season, they only had like four or five games like that. Like really things were clicking. Uh, And then they go into this Miami game and Miami ran some zone, which the Lakers did okay against, but didn't seem the most coherent in terms of how to attack it. And they ran some plays in the first quarter. None of them went. None of them went well. They weren't executing well. They, the shot making wasn't there. So they decided, let's go five out and just freelance. And like they were just cooking, dudes. Like Tyler Hero can't stay in front. Kyle Lowry can't stay in front. You know, Bam Adebayo is gonna go defend a staggered screen over there while Dennis Schroeder go. You know, goes and puts this guy in a body bag. Like uh, it was not the most sustainable process game. Their shot quality was the lowest it's been in about a month. Uh, however, the shot making was great and they got the win and I'll take it. Um, I'd like to see them get back to that process thing. Uh, cause they had been doing really well with that at the Atlanta game, the Charlotte game, even the Charlotte game, they lost a few games ago, uh, what, four, five, six games ago. Like they were running a lot of good stuff then and executing well, the Dallas game. Um, they'd been being more consistent. They'd been more consistent with like running good offense and, Miami, the Miami game was not like that, but we will take it. It was their most effective freelance offense game of the year. They scored almost a point and a half per possession, which is bananas. That's like a 150 offensive rating uh, when they were freelancing. So we'll take it. But uh, yeah, I, I think that was more of an outlier than what we've seen from them on the year from the individuals, from the team schematically or, you know, procedurally or process wise, what I'd like to see. Yeah, that first Hornets game was stuck uh, firmly in the, and I'm up to five now. I've been keeping track of the five games the Lakers should have won. And it's not really like, oh, we missed a tough shot at the buzzer. It's no, we were up like five to seven or or more with like, you know, three or four minutes left. And Mm -hmm. really poor execution, turnovers, bad shot selection has just you know drained some five wins it'd be you know from 17 and 21 to 22 and 16 you know what i mean that's your like the sixth seed or you know the five seed uh because the west is actually be the four seed 22 and 17 right now is the four seed at the mavericks you know and yes it's the nba every team experiences those bad beats at some point where even good teams at some point well I guess this is kind of my point. Good teams don't usually lose like this. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, if they're at the end of a long month or a week or, you know, somebody just doesn't have it that night, you see teams kind of lose some games like good teams. But average teams lose more like that more often. And bad teams who are trying to be average do it even more. So. You know, we're almost 40 games into the season, and it's like I feel like there's five games that should have gone the other way, Tim. Yeah, and despite that, the team's still in a pretty good spot. To Getting back to your earlier True. point, they've stayed above water with AD out. They've had some spectacular performances from LeBron. Russ has had a number of good games. Schroeder had that excellent game against Miami. Thomas Bryant has really emerged and played well. They've been missing Lonnie Walker for a bit. Hasn't seemed to matter. Reeves went through a tough stretch. They were still winning some games despite that. Uh, they've had guys step up, and it's it's been good. JTA's had a, a number of good minutes. 
Christie's been in and out. Uh, Troy Brown Jr.'s had some good minutes. Uh, the Lakers have just as many losses as the 10 seed right now. So just win some more games, you're in the play-in, and they only have two more losses than the 6 seed right now. And some of these teams ahead of them are not necessarily, you know, ascending. Uh, the Lakers have gained on some of these teams over the past 10 games. So uh, they're in a decent spot, and hopefully they're getting AD back at some point soon. Uh, it hurts that Reeves and, and Lonnie are out, so they need to find some temporary relief there because the team only has like nine healthy rotation players among the guys that have actually like played this year. So a, a tough test ahead, but I just recorded the Basketball Index podcast where we were ranking teams and we looked at the uh, strength of schedule for the Lakers and, and everybody. When you account for who actually played in the games and how many minutes they played, when you account for home court advantage, back-to-backs, travel, all that stuff, the Lakers had like the third toughest schedule in the league so far to this point, third or fourth. And that's going to get better. And they've done a really good job just kind of treading water without Anthony Davis. And in that time, I've also seen them improve the Miami game again, being an exception. They've improved their offensive scheme. They've diversified their offensive scheme. They've leaned more out into their five out offense instead of four out one in, which from a freelance standpoint has been much more effective for them. And we've reached the point where there's no hard and fast, like if you freelance instead of running a play, it's bad offense. It was like that earlier in the year. Now that they've really started embracing the five out and within it, they've shifted their tendencies and they've kind of cut out some of the fat like you like to talk about. It's it's almost just as effective. And so I think that really raises the floor. It, we don't need Chris Gent and Darvin Ham having an A-plus game from a play calling standpoint to be able to hang with with some of these bigger teams once AD gets back. So the offense process is better. The results have been better. And, uh, you know, insert AD back into this. And I think this is a team that is poised to make a run here and, and rise in the standing. So I, you know, five and five in the last 10 games, I'm still really happy with what I've seen big picture. That's a great kind of catch up to where we have been to end out 2022 and to start this new year. But Tim, let's kind of start with some news. Um, as you mentioned, we have Lonnie Walker is going to be out for two weeks. We have uh, Austin Reeve is going to be out for two weeks. And these are guys who've contributed greatly to this team so far, uh, who is already missing Anthony Davis, right? So we do have want Scano Anderson come back. He's, like you said, been playing better, uh, been playing pretty well, you know, giving the team more flexibility on defense, more size. Um, but coming up here, the Lakers don't have an easy January either. They're playing some good teams in here. So we just rattle this off just to make a bigger point, right? They're playing the Hawks tonight, the Kings tomorrow, then you're in Denver. Then you're going to play Luka and the Mavs, uh, Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Get an easy one with the Rockets. Another one with the Kings, who've been playing well, you know, above the Lakers in standings right now. Grizzlies, Blazers, Clippers. Um, you got the Spurs, Celtics, Nets, Knicks, right? So there's some really good teams in there. Nets have been on fire lately. So they're going to have to keep holding on, Tim. This is a big stretch here. Even though LeBron's playing amazing, the team has played much better and and had some improvements. They're missing more than they were before. So they did announce they signed Sterling Brown to a 10-day contract. Um, what do you think about his addition? Uh, you know, kind of a 
guard with a little bit of size. I think he's like 6'5", right? Um, played uh, with Darvin Ham in Milwaukee. And Tim, you know, this is this is very important, this next this next part. Shannon's Brown, Shannon Brown's brother. Scouting, baby. Hey, yep. do you know a guy? Shannon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's an NBA player. I'm not trying to talk down about Sterling Brown. I'm just kind of, again, highlighting the Nepo culture. Yeah, it, it we've seen enough of it that this is just one more, uh, you know, example. It's not the first example. It won't be the last example. It's just one more. But uh, thankfully, I do have some good news with Sterling Brown. I think there will be some things he brings to the table. He is a limited offensive player. But from a catch-and-shoot three-point standpoint, he shot 41% on about 200 attempts with the Rockets two seasons ago. Since then, he hasn't had any real samples. Um, the year prior to that, 35% with Milwaukee. The year prior to that, 38% with Milwaukee. Each of those years, about 150 attempts. So decent. Like, okay. Like, stand in the corner. Going to give us some okay shooting. And defensively from a role standpoint and I mean from a role standpoint from a skill set standpoint from a a last name standpoint he's going to be the new Trey Brown for you know with Brown out hopefully not too long and then even with Brown back I I think he fills that general position that general role and has that general skill set so I think you can kind of plug and play him in uh it's not like Trey Brown Jr. had the best grasp of the playbook um so certainly there will be a drop off but uh the Lakers have enough plays in their playbook where like a guy standing in a corner, which at times can be bad. You want guys to be involved, touch the ball. There are a lot. I, I want to look into this. I want to research this a bit more, but it seems like the Lakers have a higher percentage of time where like guys don't touch the ball for like two, three, four, five minutes at a time compared to some other teams. In this instance, that could be really good. <laughs> um, for, like it'll be easy, you know, go stand over there. We'll let you know when you need to do something. Um, you're going to either catch the ball. And if you catch the ball, it's because you're open and you shoot it. Uh, if you don't catch the ball, get back on defense. So I think in in a way he fits size-wise, skill set-wise. Not a high upside guy. He's been, from an impact standpoint, he's been a little bit better than replacement level. So he should be better than us plucking a random guy from the G League. And he's had good to average defensive impact the past three NBA seasons. It's offensively that he's just given nothing. And for this team with the Lakers as long as you're only asking him to catch and shoot threes, it should be fine, I think. So with him, with anyone else the Lakers are grabbing on these like 10-day contracts, it is a very temporary stopgap for guys being injured. And I think he has the right skills that you can just throw him in there. And I'm not expecting anything spectacular. Maybe he'll shoot, you know, one for five on threes and people will be upset. Maybe he'll shoot three for five on threes. I don't know. But I, I think it's the right kind of move. Uh, so I'm, I'm behind it. He can just take Troy, Bra- Troy Brown's uh, Jersey. Just, you know, <laughs> don't even need to get a new one. Just get him in there. T- he needs to play tonight, Tom. They're, this team's missing players. No, he probably will play tonight. Um, as would, would be my guess. So yeah. W- what's he project out on defense? A little bit of size. He's going to be somebody who's going to be like a wing stopper guy, a point of attack possibility. Um, I don't know too much about Sterling Brown's game. My guess for the role he'll take during his time with the Lakers, which will be fairly small, probably 
uh, hopefully longer, hopefully does well in six round, would be wing stopper or potentially helper with how this team's been using guys. I don't think I'd put him at the point of attack. He's not, you know, mobile big, anchor big, anything like that. He's not a, I don't think you need to hide him. I don't think he's a low activity guy, but I could see him being just like, you know, your, your small forward that's either defending on ball against wings or when he's off ball, he's rotating and, and looking to help, you know, put out little fires as they arise. So yeah, Troy Brown band-aid, like you said, um, which will be useful right now, but in the long term scheme of things, do you think he, you know, obviously hasn't played yet, but Lakers could use a guy maybe with a little bit more size. And if he can provide a little bit more wing stopping, I think that could be useful long-term. What do you think about long-term possibilities? Long-term, maybe. Like if he hits his threes, it's the Troy Brown, Kent Bazemore. If he can hit his threes, I think his defense will be fine. And as long as he's hitting his threes, he'll be you know, a positive or neutral. I think he, I think he can get to a neutral impact, which if you can, you know, plug in as many league average NBA players to this roster as you can, you're probably raising the tides a little bit. So I think we'll have to see. He hasn't played a whole lot this year, just, you know, not in the NBA, but just in general. So I'm interested to see what kind of shape he's in because he needs to immediately produce and that'll be a challenge for him. Um, he, three of his past four NBA seasons, was used in a low-activity role. He was used as a wing stopper two seasons ago and did well and had a high matchup difficulty and was solid as an on-ball guy. He's been solid as an on-ball guy every year of his career. Um, and I think that will come into play well. So I, there, there's there's more than like a – it's not a 0% chance he can stick around. I think he's got the right types of skill sets just not, you know, sure fire in any of these areas. And, and that's why he's not, he hasn't been on the team to this point, but he's, he's a fringe NBA player and there's enough fit that I think he can stick around as long as those threes are falling. Yep. Just quite a little bit of a band aid, but not kind of the bigger solution. So where within Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, Max Christie, what do you see this backcourt rotation looking like for the next couple of weeks to try to stay afloat here? And, you know, I'm still guessing Russ off the bench, keeping things going that way. You know, I started uh, reusing Schroeder. So I'm guessing, you know, Schroeder, um, Beverly. I would like LeBron to see some Brian. more Max Christie. Yeah. So <laughs> I think more Max Christie would be benef- like preferential to Kendrick Nunn res- revival tour. That's what I'm thinking, I, but I do still think none probably plays. Although with with the minutes Dennis and and Russ can absorb, none probably won't play a whole lot. But I'm I'm thinking it'll thinking it'll look something like this. Uh, assuming Troy Brown's out at, at point guard, you'll have Dennis and and Russ off the bench. At the two, you'll have Bev starting, and then none off the bench. At the three, you'll have and this is this is the tricky part: Christie starting and Sterling Brown off the bench. And then you've got LeBron with JTA behind him. You know what? They'll, they'll probably start JTA. Yeah. I think they'll probably start JTA. And then yeah. you've got Bryant with Gabriel behind him. So wait, let me shuffle this around a bit because – So I we'll would... start Dennis, Bev, JTA, LeBron, Bryant. But I still think JTA plays a lot of his minutes at the, the four. Maybe yeah. Bryant does. I think um, – he He's too small for that. Oh, man. I, I, think, I think I like Christy better than that. I just want to see it. I want to see it too. I don't think it's what they'll do, but I think it makes right. the most sense. 
Because otherwise, like, you're not playing... I don't want Christie as a four. Sterling Brown, I don't want as a four. Right. So, I mean, JT is not the biggest guy, but you can have you you can have a two deep at all five positions as long as you slot JT in as the backup four. But I do think what we'll end up seeing, especially immediately with Sterling Brown just joining the team, is JTA will probably start Christie behind him. And then other than those starting stints, or maybe just the first quarter starting stint, you'll see the rest of JT's JTA's minutes coming, backing up LeBron as a four. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of rust, guys. I hope you go. I hope you know that um, it's going to be Russ and LeBron back and forth, kind of in, in six minute intervals through forty eight minutes, because Reeves is a big part of their their kind of secondary playmaking. Um, and yeah, he he did struggle here for a little bit, but just having him on the floor, you know, on the defensive end as well, is just so so good. The the charges, the turnovers he creates. Um, and so I'm I'm pretty worried about the defense. Uh, and even though Lonnie is not the best, he's improved. Uh, Troy Brown being out as well. Like this Atlanta game is going to be like 130 to 128 or something here tonight. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I, I'll. <laughs> I, I feel like I've tainted the water with my Lonnie takes because I, the, everyone heard what I said about him during the off season. And I think he's trending closer to that direction or has been. Has he? Uh, Maybe he's been I'm hurt, not, though. He took I don't a think big I'm the spill. right voice for that message. He did take a big spill. But he's, yeah, he started off hot. And then since then, he's been he's been trying down. Like he had the like, career highs in a bunch of defensive areas immediately to start the year. And then now when you go look at his data, it's a bunch of like D's and F's in a, in a lot of areas. Uh, he's fallen back to earth defensively. He's also fallen back to earth from an offensive shooting standpoint, but it's still been good enough and he's getting high quality that he's still producing just fine offensively. So I I've got no problem with Lonnie offensively defensively. I think is where it's again, it's, it's hard to eval defense live, but on the film, I'm like, Oh God, there's another example, but I can't go post that or, or people are going to rip me apart. Um, so I'll just, you know, mind my own business over here. Yeah. No changing and, your uh, opinion, Tim ever. You're locked <laughs> in on Damian Jones takes. Well, that's another thing the team should do is trade him. Uh, if you cut him, you've got his make his any cap trade. Hold for trade anyone. Do something. Do. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't start this. <laughs> I purposely didn't bring it up a second ago, but you said the word. You said the uh. T word. And I just like, like this team is like holding on with dental floss and duct tape, and mm-hmm. you have things you can trade. Not necessarily even the firsts in the future. So yeah. just anyway, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Continue. no, carry on. Well, and Jones is one of those pieces. Uh, often we hear people say, "Oh, you know, trade Russ, trade Beverly, trade Kendrick Nunn. Nunn you've yeah. got first, you've got some seconds." Uh, Damian Jones, he makes no sense for this team schematically with how they're playing. It is very different from what I assumed going into the year, given the fact that they they grabbed him, they grabbed JTA, super versatile. They grabbed Lonnie Walker, very versatile uh, from a how he's been used. He's got that length. They grabbed a lot of guys, Christie. This roster construction during the offseason looked like a team that was going to be playing mobile screen coverages and switching a good bit, and we have not seen that. That is not what's going on. It's a drop coverage team, which makes no sense for Damian Jones. He is not going to be worth less to anyone else defensively than he is to the Lakers because they're not using him at the stuff he's good at. But he's on. he has a player option next year, so you can't just cut him. And, and Well, you can, but then you have that cap hold for next year, and you're paying that money, and they don't want to do that. 
but you should be able to find a team that's going to use him you know at what he's good at like there are a lot of other teams in the league that that run mobile coverages uh so i would imagine you can trade him for something give me like a second round pick uh or or just a non-guaranteed deal that you then cut and then go sign someone because right now he's not getting time he doesn't make sense long term for them with how they're running the roster he clearly doesn't fit what ham wants to do because if ham wanted to be more versatile he's got a lot of the guys to do that uh he just hasn't done it. So I would imagine it's not going to suddenly click into place next year. So yeah, get, get Jones out of here. I like him. I think he's a good player. I think there's stuff he's good at. He's not doing any of those things for the Lakers right now because it's not the yeah. job. Yeah. And they're down to like, what do we say? Like nine guys for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Like it's getting thin, right? Nine so. guys. Yeah. And then Brown gives them a 10th. Sterling Brown gives them a 10th. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be tricky here for the next couple of weeks without some of these guards uh, wings. And it's, you know, Lakers have been playing small, so they have a little bit of depth there, but it's not like Kendrick Nunn is expected to step in and really provide anything consistently. Just mm-hmm. not, you know, and there are teams who will trade for these guys just like not even to play them strictly for the asset that you t- attach to them. And they'll give up a 10th guy or 11th guy they don't care about. You know, think of the Spurs, the Rockets. Sometimes those are young guys, but a lot of times they're contracts holdovers from the last, you know, iteration of the team that you haven't kind of stripped down yet. Like, I'm not talking about trading for, like, fucking Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like, just give yeah. me, like... And, okay, so the the Spurs cut Gorgie Dang recently because they traded for Noah Vonley. That was the thing I thought. It's like, this is how bad and desperate we are. It's like, oh, Gorgie Dang? Question mark? I know he hit some corner threes. But, you know, that's, it's still not, it's not like the difference. It maybe will help. We're talking at the margins. Yeah, you might, might help you keep your head above water a little bit over Mm -hmm. the mistake signing in Jones that you, you know, either didn't. Consult, you know, either come they up weren't with on the same page with the coaching staff, yeah, or exactly. they massively misjudged his skill set. Thank you. It's looking exactly, they offered him a, like a more than one year deal. Like it doesn't make sense because they liked what they saw that year. They had him on those like three ten days or whatever, and then the Kings picked him up and made them look bad because he played well. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. So they yeah. thought. And they played well for another whole season after that. Yeah. So, like, oh, oh, yeah, we got it. It's almost the same thing with Thomas Bryant. Yeah. So he's He's been nice. He's been really good. He's been really we nice. should talk. Let's take a quick break, Tim. We got a couple more things on the docket here to talk about. Lakers are reportedly going to work out Boogie. As we're talking about, I guess, bigs to add to this team, um, which seems like not priority but let's take a break and we'll we'll come back on the other side and talk about it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Tim, when we're back, just kind of talking about how this team wants to add a backup center, question mark. So DeMarcus Cousins, um, it's just the the monthly DeMarcus Cousins conversation, Tim. Have you uh, changed your notes since the last time? No. <laughs> it's it's the same pit. Like, What if, Tim, have you considered if the workout is really good? Oh, I bet it's it's going to be really good. We're going to hear about how good it was. That fucking chair didn't stand a chance, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, it he doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like what if you're going to grab someone to fit a drop coverage team where the way they use their bigs is screening and rolling or in like dump off spots. You don't need a DeMarcus Cousins guy. He doesn't fit that. That's not his, that's not what he's good at. Uh, he's not a positive defensive guy, but if you are using him defensively, you want him in more mobile coverages, which they don't do. Uh, and offensively, like, yeah, maybe he can go stand in the corner and just catch and shoot threes potentially. But it's just it, – it, stylistically, you want more of a Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard type of guy. And that's an easier guy to plug and play anyway. It, it's easy. Like you don't want to change the defensive or offensive style of the team for a 10 day contract. So either you're going to put him in a role, you're going to put cousins in a role that doesn't make sense for him or, you know, go grab a guy that does make sense in that kind of job is my stance. Hold up, dude. I got not exactly breaking news, but I just got a Stein notification that I just noticed. And this Uh-oh. is pretty good. This is relevant. Okay. Lakers, you know, we're in Charlotte. Just like we're here anyway. Hey, Cody Zeller, you want to come work out for us? Yeah, Stein uh, is reporting that the Lakers worked out Cody Zeller just while they were in town. 
Like, guys, we're in Charlotte anyway. Do you know any, you know, somewhat professional basketball players that might still live, be living in the area? That could work. Ten thoughts? I mean, uh, so, <laughs> well, on the note of, I was literally just saying, defensively, you want like an anchor big. Offensively, you want to roll and cut big. Let me double check this with Cody Zeller. Uh Guess what his roles have been every season forever. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's pretty good in the short role. I'll give it to him. Like for a guy his size, he, he can make some stuff happen. But a lot of it, you don't really want the ball in his hands. Okay. Yeah, no, I like how he passes as well. Let me compare. This isn't we're doing this live. I, I yes. no prep here. Yes. Yeah. So compared to other centers with 250 minutes or more each year of his career, Let's see. From a rim protection standpoint, it has not been average. It has been D's, D minus three years in a row and then two Fs uh, in his five most recent seasons. From a rim shot making standpoint, he has a B in there like six years ago. He's got a couple C's <laughs> in there, uh, a couple Fs. I I would guess, you know, you're going to get below average shot making at the rim and poor rim protection. And I don't. He's not. He's not a spacer, right? Let's find out. No chance, dude. I don't think so. No yeah, shot. No, not, that's not really his thing. So, again, uh, we're bringing it back all around for. This isn't just. This is needed in the short term, but this is long term. Lakers have an open roster spot. We're right in the middle of when trades are going to start cooking. Right when the you know month to three weeks leading up to the the deadline, just fucking do something, man. Like I, you're working out Cody Zeller while you're you're just like in Charlotte anyway. Like that's I'm sorry I can't unhook the like inherent laziness of that or not like just convenience, you know? Yeah, like they could have sent someone to go work him out, but they're like, ah, we'll be there in two weeks. We'll just wait. <laughs> Like, we don't, like, we don't need him. And it's also like, at, okay, you were there last week, like 10 days ago or plus or something. Anthony Davis was already hurt by then. If you feel like you needed a backup center, wouldn't you have acted fairly quickly thereafter the Anthony Davis injury? Like, mm -hmm. am I crazy? Well, and the other weird part, no, that makes sense. And the other weird part of this too is, who is he if you sign him? Right now you have Bryant and Gabriel are playing your center minutes. You move Gabriel to the four. Gabriel could be playing more minutes right now. If you wanted to play Gabriel and Bryant together, you could. They haven't. <laughs> I understand why they haven't. From a spacing, spacing standpoint, that can be yeah. certainly a challenge. They're running. I, just, I talked about earlier how the five out has really, really opened up their offense and allowed them to score much more effectively. It's hard. To, it's really hard to run five out with with. Thomas Bryant, who shot really well from three, but also Wendy Gabriel, like two of those guys together, it can be a challenge. So that doesn't improve with Cody Zeller out there. He's a 22% career three-point shooter that's not taking any attempts. Uh, so that's the weird part to me is like, if you, like in a world where you do sign him, he's shifting Gabriel either out of the rotation or to the four. And do we really think he's better than winning Gabriel right now? Like, I, probably not. And the Lakers haven't shown any, you know, interest in playing Gabriel at the four with Bryant. And 
Zeller's a worse shooter than Bryant, so I can't imagine they'd play him with Zeller. So it, it's just a weird – I don't get the thought process as much with this. It's an odd position to be working guys out at. Yeah. I mean, I get that your center goes down and, you know, you already have two backup centers. <laughs> and you're like, Fuck, we need a center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is really, really odd. Really odd stuff. We're, we're they, passing uh, through, so, uh, you know, meet me at the gym, 930. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have something lined up to trade Jones. I can't imagine they're going to have, like, Bryant, Gabriel, AD, Jones, and then sign a fifth guy. Well, fortunately, there's no former NBA players living in the Sacramento area. Because what? So maybe like Kevin Johnson. Um, but yeah, it's you know just look at where the Lakers are going and their upcoming you know road travels, and uh, you know maybe they can get uh, maybe they can just steal DeAndre Jordan from the Nuggets in a few days. The Lakers are coming to a town near you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring a basketball Tri- yeah, in yeah. your shoes. Tryouts yeah. are uh, traveling tryouts. Yep. <laughs> Just uh, – So no one, one other guy – keep going. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I can't get, stop with my jokes, but I got I to go ahead. Uh, one other guy that did work out was Tyler Dorsey, who is on the Greek national team. He is 6'4". He's a guard. But he shot 40.5% on catch-and-shoot threes for Olympiacos last year on, like, 200 attempts. He's shooting 50% on threes this year in the G League on 70 attempts. Uh, And then he shot 44% each of the prior two seasons for professional teams overseas. The most recent NBA experience he had, he shot 26% for the Hawks on 43 attempts in 2018-2019. Very small sample. But since then, he's been a lights-out catch-and-shoot three-point guy. So for a team that's still, you know, they, they're not as bad as they, you know, they, they shot poorly to start the year and people had some hyperbolic statements around how bad they'll be. They're not that bad, but they could certainly add shooting and 6'4 on this roster isn't that small. So uh, he could make some sense potentially as a another, you know, he's got some ball handling. He has some passing and uh, is a good catch and shoot guy. So just a name okay. to be aware of. I don't know that I'm, in a, you know, pitching him to join the team but if they sign him that should be why it seems like someone multiple teams might have their eye on so you know there's numbers like that especially with the the volume in in um in greece that's you know Mm -hmm. that's enticing um but i don't know dude Uh, is this team gonna make a move here in the next couple weeks i i would still probably say no they're probably gonna wait till ad comes back yeah, I, they don't. They don't want to trade LeBron or AD. I can't imagine they want to trade Reeves. They don't want to trade the first round picks. So like, who's who are you trading with, and for, like for what? <laughs> why? Why would a team pick up the phone? That's they, unless the team really needs like a backup big. Like oh, like if Miami wanted to give Damian Jones a try because they like to be versatile with their scheme coverages. They run a lot of mobile coverages. He could make sense for them. Maybe they've got an end-of-the-bench guy that doesn't make their rotation. That isn't a long-term piece. That that could make sense. Or maybe they'll give the Lakers a, a second-round pick or something. Uh, or, he, hell, even cash the Lakers would probably take. Um, I think the challenge with Jones is I, I think he's you can't just swap him for a min. So I think a team would need a trade exception to 
take him into their salary or be under the cap. Uh, so that could be a challenge there, but like there are teams that could probably use a, a dart throw at a backup big. So I, I think he, or maybe none, although I don't, I wouldn't say none's been changing minds recently. Uh, that's the kind of move I expect to see. And like, Hey, if you sign Tyler Dorsey, he could be playing over none as your backup too, potentially. Like I can, if I were looking for guys, obviously you look for wings. There aren't great wings out there. Everybody wants wings. <laughs> there are not just like at home, like, ah, no, I'm waiting for the right team to sign me. Like if they were good, they'd be playing. Uh, but Brown, I think is as good a dart throw as you're going to get at this point. Dorsey can make sense as a backup guard for like none. And the big piece of it, you know, I'm intrigued, but I just don't see, I don't see the fit for Bookie. I don't, the Zeller makes some sense, but like, what did, who did Hassan Whiteside kill? Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I truly, I like Googled him yesterday, just in the news. Like, did something happen that I'm not aware of? Because oftentimes I'll like find these guys. I'm like, oh, this, this great diamond in the rough. And then I'll see like, oh, okay. Like four domestic violence charges or something like that. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I would, if I were picking a guy and I were running things and it were like 2K, I would go grab Hassan Whiteside because he's a shot blocker that can play drop coverage well and he's going to finish strong at the rim. Very bad at a lot of other things. You don't need him to do those other things. If I were grabbing a big, that's who I'd go for. Yeah. You know what's really to kind of screw this all up, man, is just the complete explosion, or well, implosion, I should say, of Kendrick Nunn. In theory, mm-hmm. it should it should be him, where you get yeah. a guy for you know an eight million dollar contract back from a not great team that's got a couple years left, or you know, you package him with Beverly, and if he is at all like an average guard, you get to consolidate some extra resources that you have at that position, um, and and kind of move that strength somewhere else, or you know try to bring depth in on on mm-hmm. the wing and if he was playing at all you know like he used to um i think you could get something re- you know reasonable back not that these lakers make these kinds of deals these like small to like medium you know role player for role player kind of guy a lot with uh, some assets attached it's not like a big name i guess it's my point so it's it's really frustrating because he was that small piece, that small arrow they had, and now they just have these G League guys. They can sign ten days. Um, they're going to have the buyout market, which seems like it gets less robust every season. Um, and then they're going to have their trade market, which they've seemed like doesn't exist. So you know, yeah gonna be tough maybe we see cole swider yeah i don't know what he's been up to was he hurt i think i don't know i haven't i I don't i haven't been watching the g league games uh let me see if he's been playing in the g league let's check that out because you know he could they saw something there he had shooting exist on the court what (laughs) i'm surprised we just can legally play basketball in the NBA. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let me pull up his South Bay profile. How's that synergy data looking? He's probably shooting like 80% on catch and shoot threes. Let's see. Uh, 39% on 31 catch and shoot threes. No, he hasn't played all that much. 
Yeah, I would imagine he's he's been injured. I think I I think I heard he was he was hurt. Uh, he's been pretty inefficient, other than that one thing he does. Which on the G League team, you're going to be set up to do much less than on the NBA team. Like it's easier in the G League to be like an on ball guy and create than it is to be like a role player. Like an Alex Caruso in the G League is going to shine less than an Alex Caruso on on the Lakers being spoon fed threes. But yeah, so that's that. Uh, where the hell's Jay Huff? Jay Huff's been like winning awards and stuff. He he was just like named one of the top yeah. guys at like the G League showcase. He's been doing really well. Why isn't he, I'd rather have him over Cody Zeller? Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen him get an opportunity. He's been playing well. I thought he got picked up uh, by someone, but am I mistaken? We're we're so terrible. So. Like we haven't paid attention to the G League at all. Maybe we should have, but it just doesn't seem like that's uh, an avenue the Lakers are exploring right now. Yes, they did sign Sterling Brown, but um, yeah, Jay Huff seems to constantly get overlooked as somebody who could still think be in the NBA um, with the skill set he could provide. Uh, at least on a you know fifteen a minute basis, something small like that. And uh, if you really need a center, there it is. So he was one of the most impactful defensive bigs in college basketball as a drop coverage guy at Virginia. That's like he's good at that. He gets vertical. He blocks shots. He can space the floor a bit. He's shooting thirty four percent on catch and shoot threes this year for South Bay. He's been a very effective role man. He's been really good on dump offs. He's been really good at post offs. We don't probably wouldn't see that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just there are options. I'm just surprised we haven't seen the team do anything. I would, if they're not willing to make a big move, I would still imagine they'd try to make these smaller moves to signal like we we have analyzed that it's not worth it to go trade these two first round picks. However, we're going to do anything in our power to make moves at the margins to try to improve this team. Because the team, the teams responded like that. Not not directly to that, but like they've in '80s absence, they've really held onto the rope. And if they could just have a little bit help, a little bit of help here or there, all you you said earlier was like five games is the difference between where they are now and like what was it the six seed or something like that? Five seed, four seed, four seed. It's those are slim margins. Like every little bit helps. If you're in a position, and the Lakers have an incredibly soft schedule to end the season. If they can just be in striking distance and be healthy, get on a roll and then get into the play in and, you know, go beat someone with a healthy LeBron and AD. Like you, you've got – it's the same thing everybody's been saying for years. You don't want to play this team in the playoffs if they're healthy. Like give yourself a yeah. shot to just be around and then make a run late because the schedule sets up for it. Yeah, I have to admit along – like big picture, this team is is much in a much better place than I thought they would be um, considering what – well, they've gone through the lack of kind of roster cohesion and the uh, the injuries that, you know, LeBron missing a couple weeks there in the beginning of the season and Anthony Davis just kind of carrying things and then them flipping places, you know. Um, it's, you know, obviously we got a small AD update that looks like he's going to start trying some individual workouts to test the foot. But it's been mostly positive. It sounds like he's been uh, relatively pain-free. But, um, you know, he's also hasn't had that activity yet. So we're, we're still, you know, cautiously optimistic there. But 
yeah, the fortunate thing is the circumstances in the West have helped the Lakers be where they are because here's the teams right, right above them, Tim. Timberwolves at 11, 18, and 21. Jazz at 10, 20, and 21. Warriors at 9, 20, and 19. Suns have really fallen off without Booker, 20, and 19. Uh, Blazers, 19 and 18. Clippers, 21 and 19, who got absolutely blown the fuck out the other night by the Nuggets. Did you see that score, Tim? <laughs> I saw the score. I didn't see the game. That was that was a funny one, though. That's one of those, like, you're like, is this did they not like add the second quarter points for the Clippers to the total yet? <laughs> um, and then the Kings, who are still playing pretty good right now, uh, as Sabonis plays through a hand injury. So, you know, you're again, you're, uh, you know, Steph's kind of out. You're a Luka injury away from, from them going a little bit. Damien Lillard injury away. Uh, a Kawhi, you know, you know holding back a little bit instead of ramping up. Paul George has been in and out of the lineup all year. So a lot of, <laughs> lot of you know, good things for the Lakers have lined up as this West is pretty compacted. Yeah. The, the Lakers aren't the only team that's going to have injuries. So if you can put yourself in a situation where, like, the Suns were doing really well. They're 3-7 and, and seven in the last 10 without without Booker. Cam Johnson's only played eight games. Like, they've run into their injuries. But a lot of those other teams you mentioned, if they just have – a key guy hurt, all of a sudden that's an opportunity. We're not rooting for anyone to get injured, but you want to, you can't like punt or just decide to do nothing. No, yeah. I, I, inevitably something's going to arise. So the Lakers, again, are not far off right now. This is a team that's been playing better than their seeding, and I think they'll continue to rise in in the standings. Uh, they, You know, for all of the angst folks have had around Darvin Ham's rotations, They've done a lot of really good things offensively, and it's made a big difference to me. They've, they've elevated individual performances. I need to get some uh, – I'm going to clip some more plays and do some like quick breakdowns. They're running more and more sets where they're having a staggered screen or that gaggle three-man action or like some sort of three-man action on one side of the court, a guy in the strong side corner, and then LeBron or Russ or whoever, Schroeder, you are getting a true 1v1 to just go beat your guy. And we're seeing it elevate Russ's game. We've seen it elevate Schroeder's game. A number of points he, he scored in, in that Miami game were because there won't be help defense. All you have to do is beat one guy. And with how willing teams are, are to switch often and with how frequently the Lakers use those early, high, step-up ball screens along the sideline, they're getting favorable matchups. That you know, Step one is that. Step two is beat your guy, which they have the players to do. And then step three is just beat the help defense, which if they're – you know, worried about a staggered screen for Pat Beverly weak side. Um, it, it's just opening up a lot more and they've taken advantage of it pretty well. Uh, if the Lakers do add an off screen shooter, it'll be even better. But even without those guys, so like Reeves, Walker, Beverly, these aren't premier off screen shooters. These are guys that are good at a lot of things, but not like that's not their game, but it's still enough of a threat that it you have to pay attention to it. Because otherwise you're, you're conceding open catch and shoot three. So I've seen a lot of little subtle things like that. Or when they run their freelance offense, the type of things that they're doing within it has gotten smarter. It's gotten more refined. So there's, you know, it's quiet, but I think it's the little things like that that have helped keep the team afloat in addition to the individual performances. So they're, they're not in a bad spot right now. 
It's going to be so exciting to see, you know, Boogie putting up five threes a game. You know, getting like four rebounds in 17 minutes. And um, just old times, man. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I have to bring in a little bit of uh, a little bit of a downer because I actually don't think they're probably signed Boogie. I think Boogie's face, you know, his career and utility has fallen off quite rapidly. Um, I remember this dude dominating post ups, hitting threes, you know, taking dudes off the dribble and dunking them and, and just injuries, man, really changed his career and. I thought for a minute he could maybe have like kind of a Rasheed Wallace esque, you know, attitude with some kind of spacing, big, so like a bully kind of presence. But Lee's just not like that anymore. And when you can get spaced out and you just can't run and and defend and giving up layups and to second unit guys like night after night, um, I wish the best of luck to the guy because you know Lakers family forever, but. Um, I just don't think it's the right fit for this team. So hopefully that passes without uh, any news, Tim. But, um, yeah, anything else uh, you got for today? I think that's all. You know, to your point with, with Boogie, I think part of the drop-off is that for years he was he was a shot creator. He was a post-scorer. He was a versatile big. He was on ball making things happen. Great post moves. He, he's, he's called Boogie for a reason. He, those post moves are like, you know, getting down there, boogieing on the court. Uh that's you know as you age and you get worse that's we don't really see those kinds of guys where it's like okay you know here comes bench guy we're gonna go feed him in the post we're gonna he's gonna be our offensive hub because he was also a really good passer and playmaker and that's not the type of thing you see minimum contract or 10 day 10 day guys just join a team and be able to do unless like like if Sabonis went down he could make sense stylistically uh or I'm trying to think of another example, but like he's not he's not a proxy for the, how the Lakers have been using their bigs. So it, it the fit's just not there. But yeah, it's it's a shame to see how he's played recently versus what he used to be because that guy was especially with him and AD he's together. Sick, that was a fun dude. Or even Holiday. just like carrying the bad Kings teams. I'm just like mm-hmm. bullying dudes, getting run off the three point line, and just like dunking on fools. Um, yeah, really fun player and. Uh, just kind of multiple injuries, multiple years in a row, really, you know, it takes tolls on on guys that size. You know, that's the other thing, too. It's a big human. It's a giant human um, who's got injury concerns of his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be his age 32 season. So it, there's a lot working against him. I mean, if he goes and kills it and work out and joins the team and he's, he's knocking threes down, all right. I don't think defensively you're going to get what you'd want with how the team's going to use him, but I'm keeping an open mind. He's had F and, and D three-point shot making grades the past couple seasons, three in a row. So my hopes are not high there. So I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think we're going to see that move made, but it's it, – are you encouraged by the fact that the team's at least working guys out? Maybe not the specific individuals, but like a guard, a wing, and some bigs. Am I encouraged that yeah. a basketball like team kind of activity? is performing basketball duties? <laughs> no, Tam. I have no encouragement. Mm. Maybe I'll put you on a flight to Sacramento and you can go take some charges in a scrim. 
They need an Austin Reeves type right now, Tim. I'll go be the chair in Boogie's work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get going. Get some screws. Hook up my my new Papa shop so I can go prepare go for my screws, uh, my ten day workout with the Lakers. There you go. That's right. Keep practicing. See it go through. Mm-hmm. You know. Remember to gooseneck. Follow through. Elbow in. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim. You got some uh, some. Some Discord details for us, as always. You can send us a five-star review of uh, any podcast player of your choosing through DMs, Twitter, Instagram. We'll send you the Discord link where you get access to pretty awesome community, uh, people active in there. You got the different levels, tiers. You can you know, get access to extra pods and all kinds of stuff Tim and the community is doing in there. Right, Tim? That's right, Tom. We uh, have quite a, a group, quite an eclectic set of tastes and discussions, all sorts of things, not just basketball, not just the Lakers, even when the team's, you know, having an off day or having an off night in an actual game, like there's still interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, the fact that it's it really has become a community has been really exciting and we continue to add to that and get new additions that that add value and, and have fun in there. So like Tom said, if you want to join, uh, DM us a five-star review of the pod or check out the link in my bio on Twitter and you can you can take a look at the different tiers there and, and join directly through that. Uh, we have various tiers with various levels of access, bonus pods, X's and O's sessions, extra channels, my film room channel, uh, the spreadsheet that I've been putting together that you can go see all 240 set plays the Lakers have run this year when they've run them. I've continued to add, I, I might just make that like a Tableau dashboard or have one of my BBI guys make a, a shiny app out of it. Cause I have like literally like 25 different dashboards basically uh, where you can like slice <laughs> and dice the info, every combination of like people alignments, uh, whether running a set play or freelance or out of bounds play or whatever, the, what the play was itself, like how much time was left on the clock, all sorts of different things. The lineup that was in the game, uh, so countless insights there uh, that I, I've kept that updated. I've logged, oh God, let's see how many plays I've logged. 3,352 half court set plays this year. Jesus. Um, I should, I should just work for Synergy, I think, cause I'm already watching and logging all the game. <laughs> uh, so go check that out. Um, I want to shout out some of the friends of the pod. TJ Simotaji, uh, Zach Harris, QDadio, iPod Shuffle, Romario, Chamber, Miguel, T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Roy, Abdul Rahman, Keneal Mason, Eric, and Doppel, all for living the high life with us in the owner's box. Shout out to the courtside and lower bowl crews as well. Go check out the Discord. Join that. Playback is another thing that I love doing. We've had Tom on. We've had Taylor Wyman on, who uh, does the Bebo Index podcast. We've had a lot of great guests on from all over the place, all the Lakers outlets. And uh, now that I am no longer traveling around and and spending time uh, with family, where I would need to like, you know, go hide my fiance's family's like attic or something to try to talk about a Lakers game for three hours. Uh, now that I'm home, <laughs> I'm gonna start doing those again. So uh, I'll get what's good for tonight. I don't know how long I'll be in there uh, for that whole game, but uh, Kings game tomorrow. We've got some fun games up ahead. This is a key time for the Lakers, and uh, I've got you know plenty of good data and, and film scouting and all of that. So have some good conversations in there. We cannot promise things will be good, but it will be better. Uh, when you enjoy it together in that community, watching the games live together. So if you want to join that, uh, it is playback.tv slash Lakers Watch Party. 
if you want to watch the games with us in there. Lots of fun. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. As long as you are currently subscribing to League Pass or Hulu Live or Comcast or uh, any of the other ones, if you just use like one of those passwords, I'm pretty sure you get access to like all of the games, even if normally it's like an NBA TV game that you you wouldn't normally get. So plug in any of that account info, uh, get verified there, and then you'll be able to watch the games with us. Synced up, doesn't matter what time zone you're in, you're not going to be behind or ahead. Uh, and it's so much more fun to enjoy the game when everyone's reacting to the same thing at the same time instead of scattered throughout. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't look at Twitter right now because they're, you know, two plays ahead of me. Uh, so it's it's a good time. Go check that out, too. Yeah, appreciate your patience with us recording over the holidays. It's tough uh, because Tim has to basically walk across the country um, and then he has to walk back. So lots of yeah, walking. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Is there your annual New Year pilgrimage to uh, your folks place? That's right. We didn't get tacos this time, though. Oh, so Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.